I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his NB. And it is episode 16. It is a super sweet 16. No, we're not talking about that show from the mid-2000s. No, we're talking about so much other stuff. I'm Eamon. That's Merlin. And we're so excited to be joining you for another episode of a gay and his NB uh, we have we're we're buzzing right now also because uh, we're recording this on a Thursday at about six thirty uh, Eastern time as uh, some good news has come down in the last hour and you can just like Google that to yeah. see what that news is you, since this is you, not a political podcast if you're what well I'll say this if you're listening to a podcast called a gay, called a gay and his MB you know what happened you. you, you you know what happened, and and you're like us. You're very excited and and trying to contain that excitement. But let's you know, just as we were upset for a different orange to be held from us this week oh. and not getting the OC trailer, um, we're happy for the potential of a different orange to be held from the public. That's good. Anyway, it all um, it all works out. But what are we talking about on this episode, babe? Um, we are talking about a, a bunch of people on an island who may not have access to oranges, but they have access to uh, coconuts. Uh, that's Survivor. Um, <laughs> um, but no, first, <laughs> but first, as always, we have some lovely, lovely drag queens in L.A. RuPaul's Drag Race. This was this was a great episode. And it was I, so good. It was such a throwback episode, I feel, in certain ways. Like, there was, like, the drama was good. It was really good, and, and there was a lot of, like, it, it, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, we come back into the workroom as Selena S. Titties has been eliminated. Ugh. And her mirror message immediately just, like, well, posting on on the mirror. Guess who I got what I deserved. Deserved in quotations. Yeah, which immediately coming for Lucy, and also, and it was also fun to find out from the uh, Roscoe's interviews that like, like that story that Selena said about like ripping up Lucy's uh, like picture that they have for when they do the confessionals, and Lucy being really mad about it. Like Selena from the grave, staying right on Lucy Laduca's neck. It is great. Um, <laughs> This was Lucy's like villain origin story. I feel like the, the origin. Machin- well, you see, like we've seen machinations of it in past episodes, but like I think that this is what she would say is her villain origin story. But anyone who's been watching this story is be like, mm, "You've been a villain since day one. Yeah. What are you talking about?" And so Lucy's obviously still reeling from the ma- mirror message, and it's just like. You know, I obviously obviously she's feeling a certain way. You know, I'm just still happy that I'm here. I didn't really understand why I was in the bottom. I feel like I got nothing but positive critiques. Nothing but I mean, I'll say this. It was a good, I mean, it was a good rusical overall we talked about last week. But like, it's not, again, it's not really helping her case. Um, Like, and and I love like, so they go back to the couches and mistress is just being like, you know, it was a hard question to ask. We all, you know, try to answer it the best we can. And in and mistress in her confessional being like, if I wanted to be a bitch, I could have said Lucy. <laughs> but I did decide to do my, stay in my congenial era and say Sasha to, you know, because I'm a nice person. <laughs> and, and then um, Lux basically being like, so I know I said a lot. Um, I 100% stand by everything I said. <laughs> Uh, I think she said 110%. <laughs> like, literally, just like, I said what I said, um, but it's not to take it personally. And, you know, 
deal with it, I guess, basically, yeah. which I, I'm, I was here for. Um, and I love uh, Lucy in her confessional being like, you know, I find it interesting because Lux really enjoyed my drag when we were working together in the comedy challenge. So, and I'm like, was she supposed to say your drag was bad when you were a team? Also, weren't your whole set digging? Wasn't your whole set digging at each other? Yeah. Wasn't that the whole print? Anyway. Anyways. Yeah. It was, but like, yeah, Lucy's in her feelings, but it's, it's, I love, I, you know, it's maybe not the nicest thing, but I love seeing someone spiral. I mean, but she's been spiraling for weeks now. She's been in her feelings for weeks now. At this point, it's old. I'm yawning, and I'm ready for her to go home. Oh, wait. No, well, uh, <laughs> um, so we go into the workroom the next day. Uh, they have a mini challenge. They do a mini challenge called Spill the Tea, which is a, essentially like game show style uh, right. vibe with Norvina. From Anastasia Beverly Hills. Which, Who walked out there with a better beat than some of these other queens. Well, I would hope so, if she's the president of a makeup company. Well, but like, also, she's beat like a drag queen, was can, my point. Yeah, can we also... Because she was essentially playing like the Vanna White of the thing. She is very pretty, very wooden. Uh, yes, I Rue, almost felt... I have one thing to say. Bam. <laughs> like, it was like, and I'm not even joking. Watch it back. That's exactly how she sounds. I almost, it almost was like they had a digital cardboard cutout that somehow was able to move a little bit. Yeah. And speak, but they wheeled that out there and put it, because she was about as deep she was, as a cardboard cutout. Barely there. Let's, let's yeah. be honest. Um, but the game is essentially so everyone has paddles with uh, the other competitors' faces on it, and then they're asked the question of like who is the shadiest, who is you know this or that, and then you basically give your answer, and if your answer is in the majority, then you get a point, which is a fun little game. Um, and so a lot of people are pulling mistress uh, mistresses for shadiest, hairiest. <laughs> and it would like, and that she would be the most likely to steal stuff uh, from other people. <laughs> Rude just going shady, hairy, and a thief. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Um, the yeah, and so oh, and then the final question in it is basically, who do you think will go home next? And everyone says Lucy, including Lucy. <laughs> Which basically because she's like, I know what these bitches are going to say, so I'm going to clearly try to win the game. Yeah. She's like, yeah. So, but Lucy does end up winning. So that's her fifth challenge win. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that track record is just woo. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, but then we go to the main challenge where this is a fun one. It's, the, it's, well, people are kind of up and down on this challenge and generally it's the makeover challenge. Um, I think if done correctly, it is good. <laughs> yes. But Unfortunately, they never do it correctly. Well, we'll get to sort of our issues with it um, later in the challenge. But this finally a public forum in which we can scream about these things. I know. Thank God. It feels yeah. We really for seasons on the show have just been screaming in our bedrooms about it. Um, but the the their makeover their makeover mentees, I guess you could say, are teachers. Um, which I again with that and what ha- and, you know and last week like really top of the nose and poignant in terms yeah. of like what's happening in the country. Um, I hate, I think I tweeted about it or something, but like, I was th- like, my first instinct was like, Oh my God, I hope they don't get like death threats. These like 
I'm sure they will. Because I'm sure there's, you know, an, one an obsessive enough individual just be like, you're grooming our children. It's like, okay. I'm, I'm so over it. It's just my You mind. know that there's at least a handful of hate watchers that are there to gather information. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if so, like, you know. Um, but, oh, so Lucy um, then, uh, become, from winning the, max, or the mini challenge, gets to pick the pairs um, of everyone. And so she actually kind of rewards Mistress a little bit, which was a little surprising, which you know, gives her somebody that sort of same body type and also mm-hmm. uh, also both Hispanic and, like, we're able to sort of, like, we'll see later, like, vibe in, in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mistress was, like, very happy with the pick. But then she also gives Lux um, uh, sort of the last pickings. I This this part is always weird. Because I... And, and Lux played it well of, like, yeah, it was really shady what Lucy did, giving me not giving me the only black queen in the group, the other black, the one black teacher in yeah. the group. And I think that is correct. I also really don't like, it, it, it's kind of mean where it's just like, oh, we left you with the ugly one. I feel like that's like the, like, not ugly, the, none of them were ugly, but it was the more, Lux was left with the more quote unquote matronly one. I didn't even get that. It was just more that she had, like, she didn't have a, like, super long neck. Like, her sh- right. her shoulders were a little bit more broad and square didn't than some of the other. So, I mean, and but, but she still worked it and ended up with doing an amazing job. Very true. I, I just think, I think it's, you play a risky game in how, in how you deliver the whole like she really screwed me over by giving me this person who is also really great um (laughs) it's nothing about you um and so they're um getting to sort of talking with their teachers um like i mentioned um you know mistress is sort of bonding with hers of being you know both being um hispanic and also uh, her teacher's queer as well and recently Mm -hmm. has has come out and, you know, obviously, and one of the sort of overarching narratives, I think, overall, is, like, it, you know, with a lot of gay people and, and LGBT people in general and their negative experiences sometimes with teachers, you know, having, seeing ones that would actually be good representatives, people you can actually go to, people you can actually, you know, have as a support system, um, is always good to see, I think, at the end, end yeah. of the day. Again, particularly in the climate that we're living in and, and you know, people attempting to sort of pit teachers against queer students, which is so fucking frustrating. Um, so, uh, oh, and uh, Sasha's also getting ready and is, um, she says she's basically going to sort of give them a curveball and, and pad, uh, you know, to sort of, obviously you want to pad the person that's sort of more cis to like right. sort of get those full like drag features. Right, because we usually are getting... Well, usually we're getting men in the makeover challenge, right. not not often. I mean, sometimes it happens. I'd say about a third of the time. But, you know, usually it's men that we're getting in the makeover challenge. And um, so I thought it was an interesting choice, but I understood why. Because, again, drag is not just about mimicking um, a woman's body, but really exaggerating yeah. the stereotypical features and kind of almost poking fun at the expectations put on women's bodies. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. And, and I think like 
Sasha has always been really good this season of like throwing a curveball and, right. and not being like, well, I'm so, you know, especially when you are Sasha Colby, when you have such a reputation, doing things that you would not normally expect Sasha Colby to do, I think is really smart game wise in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, always appealing to the judges. And then Lux is really focused on, cause she's having to make her, the garment. There were a couple girls that made the garments in, you know, cause I think, you know, from, backstage tea of past seasons a lot of girls bring matching garments to like right knowing that there's going to be a makeover challenge to just have them but obviously there's a lot of variance in terms of like you don't know who you're getting so you don't know that person's body type you don't know like right which is why you would you know bring something like a wrap dress or bring something like you know but they kind of expect more now yeah and so i feel especially with this season because the girls have been turning it every challenge so, so you kind of you really kind of have to make something in house yeah at the end of the day um but lux is kind of really focused on that and making sure getting that done that she's not really connecting as much personally with her teacher which you know uh, mistress kind of sees and, and notes um and i feel kind of plays a role in the end but not really sort of like you know it, it all kind of depends um and so uh, RuPaul comes in to do her sort of walkthroughs with everyone. We uh, find we find out with Miss um, Tang is her name, who is Mistress's uh, mm-hmm. uh, teacher. That she I mentioned that she had come out, but that she only came out in her late twenties, so not too like maybe only a couple years ago. So that it's kind of a new sort of experience for her and sort of finding herself in that way. Um, we <laughs> we get to Lucy, and uh, they sort of like you're going over everything. And Lucy is asked about the comments that um, uh, were made on the runway about her going home or her that she should be the next to go home. And Lucy just going, I didn't really give a shit. And Lux's face. Of just lies. Like, lies. Liza Minnelli lies. I think, I think Lucy's definition of not giving a shit is n- not correct. Um, I think she, in her mind, thinks, like, well, if I'm not, like, you know, if I'm not ranting and raving necessarily, that means I'm not, you know. Yeah. Like, if you're talking so much about how you're not absorbing what they're doing to you, you're absorbing what they're doing to you. Yeah. And, and I don't even think it's what they're doing to her, but, like, in her mind. In like, her mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and then Rue drops the bomb on them that not only are you, you know, putting them in drag and they have to walk the runway. They also then have to lip sync at the end, which they do all the time and doesn't really play a factor. I'll say this when we get to it. I don't think it played a factor because the person who did amazing in the lip sync wasn't recognized for it, but that's right. just me. Um, and so, but they have to basically now train them on the main stage to lip sync and heels and, and sort of all that stuff. Oh, uh, like we get Sasha and her girl um, sort of like, discussing things and she's more versed in like the drag race like drag community like she's knowledgeable of it mm-hmm. and they ask like sasha's like what's your favorite diva like in, to sort of get a sense of like how we want to portray you and she says laomi which sasha was just like what gagged by and i'm also sure that laomi was home and just like no no gang no not okay <laughs> she, she, <laughs> that would be so sad in my but I, I could possibly see that. I, I loved Anitra trying to teach her girl how to duck walk. I when they started it, I was just like, no, no, like that. I good, 
good effort, good to see, but like she's like I she's literally like I can just bounce, but I cannot like get one foot up over the other. Like I can't do that. Yeah, I can't even get into the that crouched position. So like I Yeah. And so and and oh my god, Lux's teacher dancing. It was I I put in my it was it was giving Linda Belcher from Buster. Oh my god, yes. It was so like no rhythm white lady like tr- none just nope, putting in none. a good effort um yeah but you know it and and lux is just really because it's also like that is so not lux lux has such oh, like yeah. a presence that it's like yeah it's you and you know you need family resemblance which We'll get to it. We'll get Ooh, to it. Um, we'll get to it. So they go back in. They're, they're working on uh, sort of doing their makeup um, and getting them in drag. <laughs> I love Anitra fake crying, being like, I'm so proud my daughter wants a resting bitch face. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, which she kind of nailed on, on the runway. Um, the, and then we sort of get into sort of like, quote unquote, trauma talk or like serious talk where they discuss sort of like uh sort of unlearning homophobia in children and like how like you can sort of like people don't like, I'm I'm sure if there's any conservative listening to this, they're not going to like this word, but like deprogramming like this, like my, cause it, like they talk about it. Like you can't like children aren't born homophobic. They're not born with this concept of like, I need to hate this person because X, Y, Z reason. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's all trained. Time. And Lux kind of talks about, we get sort of her backstory a little bit too, which I feel like we haven't gotten much of in terms of like her family not being as accepting and that they kind of like what she, she says they weren't very religious, like typically like Mm -hmm. they weren't in in terms of her experience, but also still use the concept of faith as like, like the, well, you're going to, we won't be seeing you in heaven sort of like vibe. Right. Which is like, it's frustrating when it's also just like you're not even like part of me like I don't feel sorry for those people but like I feel like I can visualize in my head like okay if you're sort of for lack of a better term brainwashed in a system that tells you a certain thing of how to raise your family and how to like that it's you know I can but like when it's people who aren't even like you know, going to church every Sunday and Wednesday people. And they're, yeah. it, that's the part where it's just like, what is like... Well, I mean, and that goes into like how much our society is just um, entrenched and invested into um, the idea of, I mean, white supremacy, basically. Like, not that Christianity is white supremacy. I don't believe it is. I believe that when practiced correctly is anything healthy, can be used for good is it, healthy and good. Like any, anyone can like find value in that. Right. Right. But the pervasiveness of Christianity is definitely due to white supremacy. And it's definitely baked into our society because of white supremacy. Um, just like a lot of awful things in our society. Right. That's where it comes from. Um, so, it's it's frustrating like like you said it's frustrating and disheartening how even if you are not connected to one section of that right i.e. the pervasiveness of christianity how you're still affected by it outside of that yeah 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 it's just it it's 
it's an interesting case study, um, and that's the only way you can think about it without getting emotionally involved. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. It's disheartening. Um, we have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, and Mistress is shading Lucy a little bit, and they get into a discussion about shade. I love Sasha quoting the thing. Shade means I don't have to tell you you're ugly because you already know you're ugly. <laughs> like it's yeah, Sasha. Sasha's great, and also Sasha. I feel I was getting nervous because they were cutting to uh, Lux's uh, uh, makeover, Asia Azul, um, and <laughs> Sasha saying that she was looked like an Easter Island head. <laughs> I was, and yeah. she wasn't wrong. But I, it's weird how, like, I mean, I guess maybe it was, I don't know when the process, the part of the process it was, but it turned out okay. Yeah, you always, it's so weird because you, you can't judge a queen by what they look like in the makeup chair yeah. halfway through the process. I know when I'm getting up in drags, which is not often, but when I get in the full beat, it, you can't walk in and look at me halfway through because I look like a crazy person. Yeah. Um, but towards the end of it, I look good. I, mean, I, <laughs> like, I know that I look good. You look good. No, no, <laughs> no. You, no. You look great. It's, no. No. I look amazing. <laughs> um, we get to the runway. Um, and our guest judge this week is Haley Kiyoko, I believe. Why is that? I I wasn't I was half paying attention in the intro of this episode and I could have sworn to God they said Kaylee Cuoco and, and I, I was like up, oh word and I looked up I was like that's not Kaylee Cuoco <laughs> yeah I was very confused she's someone in a music group she's a singer I I'm I'm about to turn thirty in two months guys and I and I'm like. I feel so fucking old that I don't know who half these fucking people are like anymore. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, I, it's really, I, so when she was like, Oh, I was on secret celebrity drag or, um, yeah, secret. They still called it secret celebrity drag race the first season. Uh, and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember you, but I still have no clue who you are. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we get the runway and everyone showing off their looks. Uh, we'll get, I guess we'll break down everyone's. We have uh, Sasha and her uh, uh, queen, Ferocity. Um, Ferocity Colby. I'll, I'll jump ahead. I did not understand why they didn't win. Uh, the, these yeah. were my favorite. And, yeah. and all the conversations, not just on the show, but like people online were like, well, it was either going to be a Nietzsche or a mistress. And I was like, really? Like, you were ignoring this? Ferocity was fucking beat down. Her face was so fucking gorgeous. Oh like, yeah, and still, and not in like a, like she she was she was beautiful to start, but like was like painted like she looked like if you've seen like old footage of Sasha like when she won Continental, she looked exactly like her. Yeah, in a way that was just crazy. Like, and the bodies were great. Like, I thought the padding worked out really well to their advantage. Like, she had a presence that was just really commanding, and, like, it felt like she just immediately took to it in a way that was, like, you know, it didn't take, like, it, it didn't look amateurish at all. And so that's why I was just so shocked at the end of the day that, like, it was like, Sasha, you're safe and you were good, but, like, I was like, I don't, you know. Yeah, that, she was my number one. I guess maybe the argument you could make is, like, Anitra and Mistress 
quote unquote did more like in, but the, their makeup style is a little more graphic to where it requires a little more work. But that's like, irrelevant. I, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Like you know, and so we have uh, Lucy next and her uh, sister La 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 Duca, and and I thought and here's the thing I thought they did really good, and I thought La La looked exactly like Lucy, like in the point of like. Yeah. Like she could have slotted in for Lucy and it would have worked. Like Well, mm, I don't think so. Apparently, like there there's story that one of the um producers backstage mistook her for Lucy at one point. I heard about that, yeah. Um I don't see it. I think number she, one, she's about five feet shorter than Lucy. There's that. Number two, she looks like she looks like the version of Lucy if Melissa McCarthy was playing her on SNL. Very Melissa McCarthy. I could see that. It's that energy. Yeah, but I thought like her. Um, it's like it's good, but it's not. Lucy gives like this. Um, middle America, nineteen fifties, right? Type of housewife. Um. Lala gave, um, not that, (laughs) (laughs) um, to me, it was like suburbia, but like, like modern, yeah, early 2000s version. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I think like, it's like, well, I guess Lucy's, but more like granddaughter, not daughter. Yeah. I, I just didn't understand. I, We'll get to it. Like, it felt like they needed to find a way to put Lucy in the bottom. Like, I don't think it was... I, everyone was good across the board to where, like, I didn't mind it. But, like, I thought Michelle's critique later about, like, oh, it seemed like you weren't on the same page on the... I didn't get that at all. I actually thought that Lala was making, like, actual attempts and succeeding in the attempts of, like, giving Lucy's mannerisms and giving yeah. the way that she smiles and the way that she, like... Well, her her teacher is a music teacher yeah so she's she's a performer she knows how to how to do those sorts of things and we see it later in the lip sync she actually starts like conducting like she's directing a choir the queens over to the side that really does help like i thought that was cute i i really like having that knowledge of music and having that like toe into the performing world you it's it gives you an edge right like you if you have never done it you don't know it's like how theater people take well to drag really quickly it's the same sort of like philosophy i guess in that realm yeah um and i i will say i do agree about the critique about the shoes and that the shoes did not match at all however Mistress uh, at Roscoe's let it be known in general about how they were basically all in kind of a fucked up situation in terms of the shoes of like, because obviously it's like much in the same way that like the way Queens dress, you can't bring like multiple pairs of shoes when also you don't know what the person's foot size is. And like, you know, and I, I think like she, Mistress said like they provided them shoes. And I think she even said that her girl had to like literally go home to get shoes that could fit her it was like yeah so i mistresses mistresses. had to go home yeah well here's the thing though mistress dealt with that 
by having a floor length gown. That helps. <laughs> so she got to hide yeah. the ugly shoes. Well, well, we'll get to mistress. Let, let's get to mistresses in that point. So mistress and who was, what was the name of her girl? Um, mistresses was Madam Thang. That, Madam Thang. There we go. She looked great. She also, you said she looked like Willow Pill. I face. thought so. Like, just like the structure of her face, it, obviously. It like, was giving, <laughs> this maybe is not a compliment. It was kind of giving Willow in that runway look where she had a lot of that plastic surgery face. Remember the one she was had like really over-exaggerated plastic surgery face? Yes, I think. It was kind of giving that vibe. Um, Maybe. Um, I... Uh, to be completely honest, can't think of that look off the top of my head. You'll, you'll know you'll know when I show it to you. Like, like yeah, the one where it's like her, she had so much prosthetic on that. Remember when she had the uh, she was in Untucked and got her family message. She couldn't tell if she was crying or laughing. Oh right, 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 right. But I, I when you pointed that out about her looking like Will, I was like, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, but like you were saying, also like smart choices of like floor length gown. Something that wasn't like a lot, a big thing in terms like it fit well, but like still was something that you could easily fit well, right? And like having the boa as the accent, like I thought was smart, like yeah, it was a smart look overall. I think that she could have pulled off those shoes better mm-hmm. if she had done like a T length gown, which is like the mid shin level, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. length gown. Um, I think you're that talking about Lucy or Lucy. Yeah. I think that that would have made you not really care about the shoe as much. Sure. Because it would be less exposed. It would still be within the style of Lucy. Right. And like have that quintessential like look. But I think that would have been a smarter idea rather than trying to do the resort like palm yeah. beach look yeah i yeah i think you know i don't know if they have stones in the workroom too as like in, in terms of what they have with fabric. if she doesn't but like she has she looks just, that she has from previous challenges that she could pop stones honestly, off of like that's my big thing if she had just stoned the shoe i would have been fine yeah with it. Like, this is two hundred thousand dollars you can replace a garment when you win yeah like it's fine um and then so we talked about mistresses then we had Lux Noir London and Asia Azul. Again, not family resemblance, I mean, at all. But I, so let's, can we talk about this? Yes. Can we talk about how the family resemblance thing is just bullshit? Like, it's complete bullshit. And it doesn't make, it, it makes sense to whatever they want to make it make sense to at the end right. of the day. Other than Sugar and Spice, um, what two drag re- queens are blood related? That look the same. That look the same. Yeah. They don't. That's the answer to that question. Um, and but also, oh, also so but when Diabetti comes onto the show, and then you spend the first half of the season saying that she just looks like Crystal Method. Which she didn't. Which she didn't, but like, <laughs> like, you, so she, you critique could she her. have just said family resemblance and it'd be okay? Like, yeah, like, I, that I don't get. Like, when you, like, yes, there are some mannerisms you pick up from each other from spending a lot of time together. Sure. Yeah. Do I see do I see parts of Alyssa in Laganja Estranja? Absolutely. Because and I see but it in Shangela so, too. But that's so much cooler and I feel like a better thing to critique of like 
taking mannerisms or taking style or how you walk the runway right. or, you know, though sort of that sort of vibe but, and passing it on to your person. That to me is way more interesting. But part of being a drag mom is not saying this is how you're going to do drag. Yeah. It's What's finding what works for your daughter. So if your style doesn't work for your daughter, what is it? why would you not then coach them into becoming the best version of them? Because that at the end of the day, like yes, could could have could Lux have lined the look in the blue that was in her uh, Asia's look? Yes, but like it's still not going to be matching. Like it's still two very different looks at the end of the day, because those are two very different people with very different styles. Like she was never, no disrespect to Asia. She looked amazing. She was never going to get Asia to pull off something where she could wear that sort of like cross top thing with no titties. And like, yeah, that's that's not that you're not going to put her in something like that. That makes no sense. Like, that's why I don't understand. And we'll get to Anitra's later, but like Anitra, like they literally are just like, so the parts on your outfit that are pink and black, you swapped on the other outfit. And that's amazing. But then, okay. Like what, what is that? What's the skill in that? It's like, yeah, I, it's just like, I, I'm just, I hate this challenge every time because they always go back to this stupid idea that drag queens that are in the same drag family look alike and they really don't it's about energy it's about it's the same thing that is amongst friends when you spend time with each other you pick up a saying you pick up a the way that you know you um have a turn of phrase or your um syntax sometimes starts to match your rhythm starts to match um but that is done over a long period of time and not something you can get over two days while you're trying to hurriedly put together an outfit and teach someone how to walk in heels. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So instead, what they should be focusing on is the makeover itself and get rid of the family resemblance bit. Yeah. I think what it is is that I think the producers in their mind are like, so every, like, particularly with drag now, anyone can do drag. Like, like, like you can learn how to do makeup on YouTube at this point. Right. So it's like, there's, and, and are there people that are more skilled makeup artists than others? Absolutely. But you're, when you have everyone being so like, we've seen, we talked about this season, a lot of that. Everyone is so good. Everyone is so prepared. And so like on top of things to, and it's been that way for a couple seasons to yeah. where like, how then do you critique and how do you critique on this challenge? The only way to do that in their in their mind is to make up some like goal that you didn't achieve in terms of this family resemblance bullshit instead of like I just feel like like I said I think it would make more sense to make it about if they focus so much on like getting to know the other person and what they like and what their personality is and what their background is and how to bring that in out into their drag then that should be the challenge it shouldn't be creating a carbon copy or something that you could put in a collection of like these are like you know twins or right. sisters or whatever. That's that's so basic and easy, boring and boring. Like, like I just to me the way you fix this challenge, right? You get rid of the family resemblance bit because what is the core of this challenge, right? It's dressing a body that you're not used to dressing, yeah, 
and putting makeup on a face that you're not used to putting makeup on. And maybe teaching someone how to walk in heels. Or... Right. And the, the teaching aspect, right? So you can still get all of those aspects by getting rid of the family resemblance bit because then you're forcing somebody into something that doesn't work for them. Right. And then instead, we get a mentor session between the queen and their person to where they come up with a drag name, they come up with kind of a persona and what they're they're looking for, a style that they're going to be comfortable with, but also that it makes them feel empowered. Yeah. It it should be a mini episode of what Drag You was supposed to be. Is or or Secret Celebrity Drag Race. Or Secret Race. Celebrity Drag Race. It should be that, right? It should be the idea that drag can can bring out a part of you that you didn't know was there. Which it, is the whole like mantra of RuPaul now at this point. Right. So like it makes the most sense. And like maybe that maybe the the end result of what you're saying is like then the lip sync that they do actually matters. Like it's not it's not this like throwaway moment that it's like you're building to actually something that matters. Maybe you get to get them to pick each everyone gets to do a different song. Maybe you essentially just do the talent show. Uh, like Ooh, that'd be cute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like but and give them a like they get to design their number or whatever. And and that's the sort of to me that would be more entertaining at the end of the day too. And also you would have more chance of fuck ups. Yeah. And more chances of like things that you make go wrong to make it more interesting. I think I I think you're you're on to something. I think that's But do it that way. And if they're doing the performance like that, I would say make it a pairs performance again. Bring the the mentor into the performance. Sure. Because I think that that will make the other person feel more comfortable. Didn't they used to do that like when they would ever do like lip syncs for like the makeover challenge that you would have to do it with the partner? Usually. Usually that's what they've done. But this year they just did it differently. I also want to know. So Azul also, we can't miss the fact that she looked exactly like Jennifer Coolidge, but also doesn't know who Jennifer Coolidge is. Which everyone was just like, I just how do you not? How do you not know at this point in the year of our queen? I think it makes sense. Twenty twenty three. I mean, maybe not in twenty. Like, but Jennifer Coolidge, Coolidge has recently had her renaissance outside of gay culture. Oh, I feel. I mean, maybe, but she's always been, like she has, but she's never gotten the recognition. Like. That until recent. How I do feel. you like? How do they pick these people? Like, do they apply to be? Do they get nominated? Well, she seems straight. Well, sure. <laughs> so that, that's what I mean. But by that. there's a lot of straight people that are let like observe culture, culture, right? Um, like especially a lot of straight white women. Let's just say it yeah. uh, that partake in queer culture a lot. Like, so why would it? be out of the realm of possibility for all of these people to know who Jennifer Coolidge is. Yeah, I'm I'm saying I mean if you don't know now, you should, you know, you should know by now. Um and so we we also got to get to Anitra and Electra. It was fine. They look good. Yeah, they look good. Moving on. No notes. <laughs> no like, notes. Like the, it the makeup was, was good. The makeup was good. The only the only thing that I'll say is um I didn't really particularly like Anitra's hair, but I mean, it was fine. Yeah, it was very... I mean, the bodysuit was... I it was like, oh, it's a bodysuit, but I mean, it was... I liked the whole yin-yang thing. I thought it was cute that she that um, she had like a stone on her belly button 
and then the the makeover had like an girl accent. had one like on her chest yeah. and it like get, like you stand next to each other and it's like a deconstructed yin yang. I thought that was cute. I thought it was a nice reference to uh Asian cultures yeah. like I thought it was we'll get to it. I thought it was fine enough. I thought it could have been safe. Yeah. I didn't I you know. Um they then lip they they then do the lip sync and they lip sync to champion by the the makeovers do the lip sync. And again, this is where I'm like, does this actually fucking matter at the end of the day? Or are we just doing it for whatever? Because Ferocity won the fucking lip sync. She, yeah. she was doing the actual choreo from the music video. Like, yeah. Like, like doing the full, like, because the old RuPaul from season three, I think it was. The, it was Raja's season. Yeah. So season with, three. With the sort of like Greek gods where they were posing like their statues and stuff. Like, and she was doing all of that. She was whipping her fucking ponytail just like her mother. Like, like it was I was like th- I was genuinely impressed and I'm like so at the end of the day does this actually fucking matter to who should win I think it should especially when someone does that good like right and especially when if she's going to be doing like if anyone did family resemblance yeah it was Sasha exactly if they're gonna harp on family resemblance and then she doesn't win when she does spitting fucking image of herself in turn not just in terms of look but in terms, terms of, of dancing and references and knowledge of queer history like what yeah yeah yeah, yeah. justice for Sasha Sasha should have won but Anitra ends up winning I fine good enough for Anitra I mean like she that's Anitra's third win so now she's tied with Sasha for most wins I think that that was the point. Yeah. I think that I think that, yeah. not to disparage Anitra. No, love she's her. She's great. Um, and I think that it really and truly does come down between her and Sasha, between who's gonna win. Yeah. So I mean, I understand the producers wanting to up that tension by making them like on an equal footing. Um, because if they had given it to Sasha, she it's would have four she she and... would be unreachable. Yeah. At that point. So I understand from a production point of view, but I've already ranted on this show about how I don't think that production should be putting their little fingers in who wins and who doesn't. Right. Like, I think it should be an actual fucking competition. Yeah. Because otherwise, why are we here? Otherwise, we'll just put everybody's pictures up on Twitter and go, this is the one that won. We'll this just, is all their looks from the season. Just do a Brant Steele's simulation. You don't get that reference. People might get that reference if they're listening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I, I hope you, that our if listeners... you know, you know. I hope that our listeners enjoyed that as much as I did not. Yes. Um, but in the bottom two, we have Lucy and Lux, obviously. Not just the fact that this was like, okay, these are the people, you know, that need to be in the bottom, but like obviously the big showdown between these I two. I think it's correct. Lucy, well... You, you, uh, Lucy doesn't agree with you. Um, I don't give a fuck. She's like, I am just shocked to be in the bottom. She's shocked. She, she's been shocked this whole season. Like, I, I don't, I don't get being shocked. I get having like, maybe I shouldn't have been in the bottom. I feel like this person, I did maybe a little bit better than this person, but like to be shocked that you're in the bottom is, is, is if like you thought you were going to win. And based on the critiques, like you got negative critiques, like and it's yeah, you know, it's I don't whether get you it. think they were deserved or not. And I think there's an argument to be make, made in this case whether they were nitpicking too much or whatever. But like, you know, like it's it's 
it's crazy. Um, but and also Lux like full on like stretching before like, and I'm not just talking about the full like crack knuckles like like little. Sh- she was full on like Zen mode like like she was fucking like you know, it was crazy how much yeah. she was stretching to like I prepare think, for this. I think it was less about stretching. It and was more showing about psych- off. It was more about psyching up Lucy. Yeah, it was like which is not that hard to do. Um, I mean. Lux knows what she's doing. She's a smart bitch. Yeah. So, like, I'm not surprised that she's like, I'm going to b- do some last-minute mind games here. Yeah. And so they... what What's the song they lip-sync to? It's from the that Haley Kuyoko girl who's the guest judge. But what was the title? Sure. You're good girl something. Something about girls night something. It's for the girls. Let's hear it for the girl. I... There were girls. It, it was definitely, it was about girls. I, I remember that. I, I'm, I'm going to look this up. So anyway, um, <laughs> who runs the world? No, not that one. No. <laughs> For the girls. It's called For the Girls. I, I was there. Sure. Yeah. Um, Lux killed it. As, as yeah. I mean, just full energy, like fire. Like she like gave gave this like look to Lucy at one point in the lip sync where I was like, yeah, it's over. She's mopping the floor with her, and Lucy did fine. Like it wasn't, yeah. But it's like you're particularly the type of song. It was like this is Lux's yeah playground. It, it, this is yet another position where you could feel the producer. Not that I don't think that Lux would have won in any situation. Yeah. But they clearly stacked the deck in her favor. Yeah. And were like, we know you're gonna win this, just but let's sure. just throw some throw some pearls under Lucy's feet just to make sure. Yeah, exactly. You know, let's show girls this a little. Uh Lucy ends up going home. Uh she's a so, so she's a little she's a little choked up on the, and and you know obviously I think I think Lucy's a good queen and, and I'm just exhausted and all that but like you know she is a little choked up on the runway but like you know thanks the judges and then gives her exit line whatever and then she goes to write her mirror message and I was like mouth agape shocked this was such a fucking swerve into like she's just is crying and just like you know um, I feel really slighted and I feel like I deserve to be in the finale. I mean, mistress just put her girl in a stretch dress. Like throwing shade all the way out the door. And then she's just like, I know that I'm a superstar and I think one of the, I'm one of the most unique girls in this competition. I can't say the same for everyone. <laughs> wow. That's, she she only said that because Lux called her generic. But that's that is how you exit. Bitter as hell. That's how you do it. <laughs> I miss a I miss a bitter exit on Drag Race. Like, uh, it's so it's so good. I cannot wait for the reunion because that's gonna be amazing. And I mean, a good villain moment of just like from enjoying it from a reality perspective, but also like proving Mistress's point. Yeah. Like from what last episode about how you're not real and not authentic. And mistress was saying at Roscoe's of just like, I get casted as this bitch in this, like, you know, I'm a bully or whatever for saying shit that you're saying in a, in, you know, when my back is turned and like, it's like, she got a point there. Like, like, but I think that in the edit, um, which oddly enough, next episode is called blame it on the edit. Mm. Um, I think in the edit, 
mistress is vindicated. I think. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. Well, that I th- sorry, go ahead. I think it's pretty obvious that um, Lucy was delusional the entire season. Um, not that she wasn't good, but that she just wasn't stepping it up all the time. Yeah. And I do. I think that there were times that she deserved to be in the top three conversation, and she wasn't. Yes, but I don't think that she lost those challenges because she deserved or when she deserved to win. I just think she deserved to be in the top three and deserved a little bit more recognition than she got. And I think that perhaps if she had been in the top three more often, even if she didn't win, even if she won exactly the same amount that she got, you know, all five of her challenges, um, if she had been in the top three more, I think she would have felt more seen and more um, valued. Yeah. Um, and I think like what you're saying of like how it turned out in the edit, so to speak, I agree. I also, but I think I talked, and I talked about this a little bit last week, which is just like, you know, and, and let me preface by saying, don't send hate to anyone. Like, like it's, it's a fucking television show and they're entertaining you. And I, when Lucy is like being crazy and, and, you know, not thinking straight, I'm entertained. I'm not like, you know, fucking, I hate this bitch. She needs to, you know jump off a cliff like but like i think to the point yes it's coming out it's mistress is being vindicated in the edit but that also doesn't necessarily mean that the audience is gonna give her that vindication and oh I think yeah because l- let's be clear the the shit that was happening to mistress was because sugar and spice have rabid fans from tiktok yeah and period who- End of story. That is all. Right. Like, she did not deserve all the vitriol. She did not deserve to constantly get her her account shut down by Instagram. Like, all of this stuff is because hateful twinks. Yeah. And, and I think, like, and, and that's not on Sugar and Spice and that's either. That's not on they, Sugar and Spice either they, because they called that shit out when it was happening. And also, they, like... Like they recognized Mistress Shadiness. Like, it wasn't right. like... It, they didn't take it personally. And I'm not saying Lucy... Couldn't have been in her feelings. She's allowed to feel however she wants to feel. But I think, like, I talked about it last week about how it felt like the casting of, like, Mistress and Lux as these bullies. When, I'm sorry, I think there's a certain responsibility you have to play when you're saying that about two people who are part of communities that get such vitriolic hate on this show for doing almost nothing and being cast as bullies. Like, I think, like, you, and, and we saw, like, even Jax got that a little bit on Twitter for yeah. like, having that moment with Spice. Like, you know, or I think it was Sugar. Either way. can't. Fun fact, can't tell them apart. Um, you know, that happens with twins. So, like, just... when you're a person of color or you're a, yeah. a, a plus-size queen like Mistress is... Well, who is also a person of color, even though she has lighter skin sure. and can pass as white we do need to acknowledge that she is a person of color. Right. But I'm, yeah, I'm saying, but like we see it with plus size Queens too, all the time right. on the show. Eureka like, got that same shit and she's white. Yeah. So. And it's like, they're, they're such at risk of getting these, this vitriol from the fan base for doing almost nothing on the show and being casted as a bully that I think while you are allowed to have your feelings, if you're Lucy LaDuca, like I think you need to take caution in some of the things you're saying. Right. And and also acknowledging 
certain privileges you have in terms of what you're allowed to say. I, there's not going to be like this. Yeah. There's no rampant, like after this moment in the, by the mirror, there's been no rampant, like fuck Lucy LaDuca, like yeah. Twitter Kate campaign. And that's for a reason. And I think that's frustrating as a viewer. I'm sure it's even more frustrating when you're the actual Queens and like dealing with that shit. Like, I just think like it's on the audience to be more conscious completely. And it shouldn't be, I, I, I think at the, f I don't like putting any of the onus on the Queens for the most part in terms of this stuff. I just think in Lucy's case, like to like, at the very least acknowledge it and acknowledge yeah. that like I was able to say shit that you guys, you know, were also saying, but then you were cast in a certain light and like, and, and not, and it's not even just like Malaysia also tried to, you know, had her thoughts that Lux and mistress were being bullies as well. And Malaysia's a woman of color. So, right. So like that's, you know, I'm not saying it's like, Oh, I'm not trying to be like Lucy's a Karen and is like, you know, right. But like, I just, I, it gives me a bad feeling whenever I see stuff. Yeah. Like that. It's, um, Today's fans could not have survived through early Drag Race. Oh my god! Can you if, imagine? Can you imagine if season two? two <laughs> bitch, I am from Chicago. She would have been absolutely slayed on Twitter. I mean, Tyra got enough. I mean, you know, and people can say about you know Tyra, but like Tyra got enough hate that season as the villain. Is she known as Tyra again? Did you see that she's starting drag back up? I think as I think, Tyra again. I, I, I'm guess I'm guessing, but if I'm wrong, up until very rec recently, formerly known as Tyra. Yeah, formerly like, formerly known as Tyra. <laughs> formerly formerly known as the other other Tyra. <laughs> yes, the other other Tyra. Um, but, and also not Beyonce. No. But like she, you know, she even got the hate during season two, on, and that was in the days of logo, right? On a much smaller scale, can you imagine? Like, oh, jeez! With like, and you no, know, it's just like again. I think part of it is us also being like Housewives fans and stuff like that, where it's just like guys, like it's stupid, like it's like, like it's stupid to be that invested in this shit. Well, Not, I mean, people did that shit on like. Look at Housewives as a parallel, right? Yeah. Early days of Housewives, it was not as vitriolic as it is now. No, completely. The same shit or worse would happen on earlier seasons of Housewives. Like, can you imagine if, like, I think season three, all of the shit that was happening on OC... Season two and season oh, three, yeah, all of that yeah. shit was happening in today with today's audience and today's political climate. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I feel like we might have a larger discussion on that when we talk about um, Vanderpump Rules on our next episode because I was kind of thinking about it uh, when that episode aired. But, like, yeah, it's just, I, I think, you know, be, have, have your feelings, have your opinions. Part of being in the age of the internet is, is that everyone has their opinion. But it's like, at a certain extent, calm down. But it also wasn't that long ago. Like, Drag Race started in 2009. Yeah. Like, it's it's not that long ago, guys. Like, I Drag Race was did not start until after I was out of high school. Right. So, like, I, I don't get... It wasn't that long ago. No. Um, so, but that was the episode. Like I said, it was a great fucking episode in yeah. terms of just, like, I was so invested with everyone was saying um and then next week is the music video and then we find out we're not getting a final four 
we're getting a final three. Mind blown. Unless they swerve us in the end and they give us a final four, which I can also see happening because they tend to do that a lot. Um, yeah, but then swerve us to swerve us back. That just seems silly. They've done it. They've yeah. definitely done it. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I can't put anything past Drag Race at this point. But yeah. like, but uh, a great final four in, in Sasha and Anitra and Lux and Mistress. Like this is. Who's your pick? So to win Sasha. I think it'd be crazy if Sasha didn't win. Yeah. Crazy. Would I love to see Anitra and Lux or Mistress win? Yes. Would I be happy if they won? Yes. I, I would, just don't think it's their time. I would say if anyone but Sasha wins, I would be happy, but there would be a little coloring of disappointment. Yeah. I feel like Sasha has to win. But it's not impossible. Everyone was pretty convinced Brooklyn was going to win. Yeah. And I uh, well, yeah. So I but I mean, I love Evie. I thought at the time and I do think that Evie has done a good good job as a winner and I yeah. love her. Um at the time I thought Brooklyn should have won. Sure. I I think maybe my opinion has changed a little bit since then. Um but yeah, at the time I thought Brooklyn should have won. And I also think Sasha would be really a good winner in this moment, like yes. in this moment of what, cause a, a, a winner, I feel, I feel, you know, maybe I'm overstepping, but like, I feel like a winner is going to be so much more than just a winner on a season of drag race. Like at this yeah. point in time, it's incredibly important and a big responsibility in certain ways. So I, th- I think yeah. Sasha's the one to do that for me, but would love to see, you know, what's going to shake out in the finale. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about another exciting episode of television. And that was Survivor 44. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination and equity and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, Fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. 
Welcome back to a gay and his envy. Let's uh, settle on down in Fiji for a little uh, tropical getaway in Survivor. A really, really calm episode. Nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing to talk about. No, it was a, it was a crazy episode. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, wow. Yeah, we had our feelings. Um, so Tika returns from tribal after Sarah got sent home. Um, obviously, Yam Yam is still freaking out about being on the outs of the vote. Rightly so. And him and I, I. Him and Carolyn, you're getting into it. And, like, I really appreciate, at least with this tribe, like, the Tika tribe, like, with the casting this season, I love that people are willing to sort of play out conversations in public. Like, the, like in the open group. With I know there's only three people right now in the tribe, but, like, in front of everyone. And we see it more later mm-hmm. uh, in the episode. Like, Carolyn is not the person to just like be like, well, I can't say anything until we pull this person. It's like, they're just going to talk about in the open, which I kind of appreciate at the end of the day. Like it, it feels more real and lived. Um, you know, and Carolyn is basically like, you know, this is why I flipped. Like, imagine if you were in my shoes about like, I was being left out of conversations. I felt like, you know, I, I, I felt like she, I was going to say she felt like the third wheel, but like she phrased it as I felt like the third turd. <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, like you're not the third. Turd. I mean, it was literally this. They, they literally lab- named the, the episode after that. Yeah. It, it was, was I, I cackled when I saw Imagine that. if you're just like a casual viewer and seeing that episode title of and just being like, Okay, what am I watching? <laughs> I mean, I imagine that people say the same thing about what I choose to name our well, episodes, especially uh, <laughs> our good, uh, especially Mr. Uh, Mike Sorg over at Sorgatron Media. Yeah, our, our, our amazing uh, host for these podcasts. Look, is very my, entertained by your episode titles. My naming convention is as I'm editing the episode down. I just a phrase or something that really. Um, jumps out at me as a, extremely funny or like something that, you know, we said in unison and that really um, something of that nature is what I name our episode. And also when, so when you, so Merlin edits the episodes and usually I'm in bed by then. Um, and so I'll literally wake up in the morning, see the episode and just be like, why did you name this a delicious bag of dicks or whatever cornucopia it was? Of cornucopia, delicious. yeah, cornucopia of delicious dicks. Yeah, it, because it was a funny phrase and it made me giggle. But I can't be mad at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> um, and Yam Yam tries to basically say that, like, look, if you would have, I'm just mad that I wasn't brought in. Like, if you would have told me that we're getting Sarah, I would have voted with you. Okay. A lot of people say that after the fact. Oh, like, yeah. It's really easy to say that after the fact. Yeah. Um, and Carolyn's kind of, like, divided of what she wants to do. She's basically like, my heart says to work with Yam Yam, but my brain says to work with Josh. Like, so, and <laughs> I love her, like, because I feel it's like, oh, it's an internal struggle. But, like, all of her body mannerisms are, like, like emoting internal struggle of, like, oh, yeah. into external struggle. Like, she's, like... Carolyn. It's like she's fighting the wind, and the <laughs> wind is this decision. <laughs> it really is. Holy shit. Um, yeah, Carolyn her, is the confessional queen. Um, we she's go- like a mime that speaks. Yeah. <laughs> because she's like fighting her way out of an invisible box, and it's like, or fighting the, pulling the rope, but it's like she's also speaking. Yeah. 
it's it's something. If it, you're not watching this, you need to. Like we can't even. I I honestly, you have to watch Survivor because I don't even think we can physically describe, like, or verbally describe what Carolyn is. She's an enigma. Um, we go over to the Ratu tribe, and and Matthew is in a lot of pain from his shoulder, um, and is like just like I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, and, it, but like you, like, just like, you could tell he's not like being able to like see straight. He's in so much pain. Like yeah. he's like, yeah, it's a lot. And he's sort of confiding in Carson and, and, uh, is sort of happy Like Carson's now on the Ratu tribe and feels that he can sort of like emotionally open up to him, um, about things, which is good to see. And we see that Carson has kind of built solid relationships across Ratu yeah, and sort of. I, I guess he he is he's kind of turned out the best in terms of the people who tried swapped in regards of like, and it feels like part of it was also selling out his old tribe, which maybe that's the way to go at the end of the day. But yeah. like, you know, I think that's definitely played a role in it. Um, Kane is bonding with him over being nerds and essentially like let's keep the nerds together. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can. The more Kane gets a beard, the more attractive he gets. Is that just me? No, you're not Sorry. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, we go to Soka and they're doing more. Well, they were doing meditation last episode that I think Franny was leading. and But Danny's doing like, it's like just breathing exercises. Yeah, it's like box breathing. But he said he like learned that. it from like jujitsu or like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever uh, uh, things he was involved in. You, were, was it you that was saying that like it, the whole science behind it is that it's basically like, yeah. So he's, ba- it's basically um, because he's talking about doing quick rapid succession breaths. So the effect is that you're intentionally hyperventilating. Yeah. Um, which gives you a surplus of, um, not dopamine, like, no, it's a surplus of oxygen to your brain, mm-hmm. which in, improves clarity and um like thought processing and makes all of that work quicker mm-hmm. um the problem is is that if you have an anxiety disorder <laughs> it can also throw you into an anxiety attack yeah th- not great <laughs> like yeah so yeah yeah <laughs> that's a great point they probably should they they probably should have put a disclaimer on yeah um but we get so he's talking in his confessional so about his backstory about how you know, he's left, to, you know, to come here, he's left his wife and he has a four-month-old daughter. Um, Damn. I, uh, we we're like... I thought he was family. I thought for sure he I was. I never thought he was family. And we'll get to later. Well, but I but, still think there's a possibility that he's bi or pan or something <laughs> because... Aren't we all? Aren't later, we all a little bi? Later in the episode during the... the oh, We'll get to it, but that conversation with uh, Brandon. Brandon was um, sus. <laughs> Very sus. Um, so Jamie is kind of talking about how she feels kind of comfortable on the tribe in Soka in terms of her personal vibe, which, yes, but I also think, she, again, Jamie's a little bit delusional. Um, yeah. She's literally, like, taking a walk with Matt and is, like, confused as to why Matt won't, like, ask her for info. Like, she's like, why aren't they asking me, like, what's happening on Ratu and, like, what's all the... She's like, I have all this information and I'm ready to turn, you know, against my former tribe and nobody's asking me information. Then offer it up, girl. Yeah, just offer it. Like, you, you don't have to be prompted. Like You don't have to wait until someone asks you. Sell those bitches out. Um... And she's talking to Franny about this whole, like, Matt not, you know, 
you know, being weird, not knowing that Matt and Franny are basically close. And Franny... Basically? Well... They talk about how pretty much when they're done on the island, they're going to go on a date. She basically said, yeah, she said later, we'll go, we'll both go for Ethiopian food and see what, and basically what happens happens, which like girl. Yeah. Um, but she, Franny's talking about how like, she's happy that the second they both get to Ponderosa, they get into Ponderosa. They're going to, nope, nope. (laughs) It it was there, but I'm not taking it. Episode title. No. That's not gonna make it. Um, uh, but Franny is um, Franny is essentially being like, you know, at least if we have Jamie here who doesn't know, it isn't on to the fact that me and Matt are close to where I can at least like, because at this point, like, it's a everyone else on the tribe knows, so it's like, you know, it's kind of. I'm hard still to- so confused by Matt, but anyway, continue. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like I was thinking about it also with Kane and Carson, like. Is it just when you give nerdy vibes that can be mistaken as being family? Maybe. But I think that it's also because people that are nerdy already... Because there are nerds that are straight. Sure. Um, I think that that's pretty accurate. But I also think that nerdy people already feel on the outside of society. So they don't feel like there's a... They're not losing anything to explore themselves. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, I can see that. Um, we go back over to the Tika tribe and Josh and Yam Yam are sitting together and Yam Yam's trying to do damage control basically. And being like, you know, you know, are you basically like things that Josh is mad or whatever about, about everything with what happened. And he's like, you're fine. You know, you're, you're, you don't have an issue. He's like, Josh going just straight up going, I'm fine. I just don't trust you. Like, like very matter of fact where I was like, that's good. Um, and Yam Yam doesn't under, thinks that Josh is taking things way too personally. And it's like. I didn't think so. I, th- I thought it was very much a look, we're cool. And I think outside of this game, we could be really good friends. But while we're playing this game, I don't trust you to have my best interest in heart. And that's fine. I shouldn't trust you to do that because we should all have our own best interest at heart. Yeah. I, we, we get to it later with Josh, but I feel like I got a better understanding of him as a person. Like I've, I feel bad like a couple episodes ago being like, I don't know who this person is. Um, but like when we get sort of his, but ba- that's in the edit. Yeah. When we get sort of his backstory, I, he, I kind of like his sort of like matter of factness. And I think he at to a point does not take things personally. Like he's very like, yeah, like he's clear been through a lot. Well, yeah. Um, and so, you know, they, but they get basically, uh, Oh, oh and it's revealed that, the night uh, they came back from tribal, Josh told Yam Yam that he had got, gotten an immunity idol from the birdcage in Soka, lying to him about it, and that he basically crafted this fake idol using the beads from Tree Mail, um, <laughs> which we'll get to. Um, but he only showed, he has, at this point, he only showed Yam Yam the note about right. you've got an immunity idol. But basically to sort of like, and I mean, it was, it's not a bad idea for Josh to do this, like, because it's like, even though I survived this uh, tribal council, like I'm still the outside person in this group that's already established. So I, I'm still an easy target. And I now I don't have my idol. I don't think he could argue being the outside person. Mm. He literally pulled apart a, a two person alliance and had constructed a vote to go in his way. Yeah. Like, I don't think that that puts you on the outside. Like, he walked in and took control of the 
the uh, the tribal immediately after he got there. You're not on the outside. You're I, at the top of this tribe. I think maybe in the only sen- only in the sense of the, him playing his idol and like basically like well in their mind I have no shield in terms to block anything. So like I need to still make give them the sense that like there's a good reason to not touch me. Like in, in I mean the, maybe in that realm. But also Yamiam and Josh then start bonding over their coming out stories um cuz Josh's family. Fun, again, not the person I would like Really? You didn't clock that? I could see it now, but like at the time, there were others who I thought were more family than Josh. The only two people that I walked into this and go, okay, those two are straight. Brandon? Were Brandon and Bruce. Bruce could be gay. I could maybe see that. Everybody maybe. else, I was like, yeah, no. They're, they're, they're in the uh, Alphabet Mafia somewhere. <laughs> Um, as as far as the men. Yeah. And Yamiam kind of talks about how he says he he hasn't come out. Well, no, he phrased it. I forget. He's never come out to his mom. Yeah. He said he when Josh asked Yamiam if he had come out to his mom, he said, I never came out to my mom. Which makes it seem you were pointing out like, I think that sounds like his mom is dead. And I don't know that if that has been revealed already or if or not. Yeah, I can't um, I can't know for sure, but I do agree that it kind of gave that vibe. And it it gave a finality to it like never. It's not happening because I no longer have the opportunity to. Yeah. And talked about like part of it was that he never sort of found himself attractive in many ways to where he didn't really date a lot and therefore yep. like there I I I I kind of resonate with this of like same <laughs> like if you don't have a partner right what's the point of coming out like t- I, I i don't think that's true but i think like that's something a lot of people feel and it's why i get so frustrated with people who um are so anti-dating someone who's closeted like i understand not wanting to go back into the closet yourself right but i also understand not wanting to come out until you have a reason to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Like so I I don't feel like someone being in the closet is a reason to not date them. No, I agree. And and I mean, yeah, it's like in in many sense I feel like you should try to keep things as expansive and possible as possible in terms of who right. you know, in general, but I I totally agree. Um, and jo- but Josh is now more trusting of Yam Yam sort of after this conversation. And now it's like, we should go for Carolyn. So, which oddly enough, I was like, it, no, oddly enough, it feels like right after that, Yam Yam goes, okay, well, let's fix things with Carolyn. <laughs> well, well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, we go to the immunity challenge. Um, and it's basically another obstacle course. Um, another obstacle <laughs> on Survivor? Shocking. Ugh. Um, it's, they're all t- the, in the pre-merge, <laughs> the three, the three members are tied together and have to basically go through this giant trap thing. Then they have to go across, um, th- there's an over under like hurdle thing. Then they have to pour water into, um, this bucket that will lower this gate. And then when they get to the end, they have to do one of the, oh, there's also like that, um, don't they have to oh, go over that like net seesaw thing? Yeah. Which like. 
that is fucking well to do that and then also keep water in a bucket, which is yeah. really difficult. But and then you at the end you get to a, ta- a two person table maze where you have to get these balls into these holes at the end. Um, uh, Matthew and Lauren decide they're going to sit out for Rot Two. Matthew obviously because of his injury can't fucking you know is not going to be able to do any of that shit. Um, and then Jamie and Franny sit out for Soka. Um, it it's pretty. Not too much eventful in the immunity challenge. It's pretty even when they get to the maze. Like, everyone's sort of in the same position, but Tika just can't get things rolling. No pun intended. Because <laughs> it's rolling a ball. Yeah. Um, They can't get... They kind of fall behind enough to where Ratu and Soka take a pretty commanding lead. And Ratu ends up in first. Soka in second. Tika is going to have to go to tribal again with three people. But also, Jeff announced in the beginning that the winning tribe would also choose three people to go to on a journey again, um, one from each tribe. Um, they choose Brandon from Ratu. They choose Danny from Soka and Carolyn from uh, Tika. And Jeff also, before they go, uh, Jeff also basically wants Matthew to check with medical and to give them an update because this is the second time he said I have a challenge. Which I felt frustrated by. So here's the thing. It this felt this it, felt like he knew he was hurting at camp and brought it up. This didn't feel like an in the moment thing, right? But it's also frustrating that it basically is him getting called out for sitting out two challenges in a row. But Lauren just gets it mentioned, and yeah. then she gets to go back to camp. Oh, uh, Claire. Not oh, Lauren. Claire. Right. Why yeah, did yeah. I say Lauren? Um, Claire. Um, before she went home, it was just. Not a big deal. Yeah. It's fine. Like, like we'll mention it in passing, but we're not going to, like, make it a thing to where you're not able to stay in the competition. Like, I get that Matthew is injured, um, and that is the reason he's sitting out, and that's part of it. But, like, I just feel like if you have the ability to sit somebody out, you should be able to sit them out and it shouldn't matter why you're sitting That's them out. The, well, and Jeff loves to get his nose in things and, and like, like be vocal. I mean, I get it at tribal. That's part of it. That's what's become but part also, of the show. But, but, and that part's fine if they wanted to talk about that. But as long as their team keeps winning and they keep, he keeps yeah, yeah, staying yeah. in the competition for that reason, he should be able to stay in the competition. Right. Like, it shouldn't have been a, you've been sitting out for two times in a row. Now we're going to reassess this injury because you've been sitting out. Well, well, we'll get... It's to- like it's as a it's a punishment for having not gone to tribal and had a reason for you to go home. Yes and no. I, I agree, but also... So, they he talks to medical, basically. And he's, they're basically kind of concluded of, like... He's not getting enough nutrients, obviously, because you don't eat a lot when you're on Survivor. Right. And because of that, you can't really repair the soft tissue if there's like a major tear, like when you have a dislocation. And so it's just, obviously, it's never going to, it's not going to heal in the, in the quickness that a normal tear like that would heal from a dislocation. So that's why he's in so much pain. Though the part where I, I sort of disagree with you on it is that they leave the decision up to him, seemingly. They're ba- Jeff basically says, we're going to leave the decision to you whether you want to keep going or whether you want to go home. This wasn't a, we're medevacking you right now, like, moment. Sure. I also felt like 
if he wanted to go home, he could have called medical. He didn't need them to pose the question to him. Sure. And I also felt like it was a little bit shady to secretly send someone on this reward thing. Oh, yeah. When the whole reason he's not healing is he's not getting food. <laughs> and, literally, and then literally they get, send, they get a feast for three people who don't need it. <laughs> it was so, when that happened, you pointed out. I was out. so I was like, mad that is, at that. Like, that is so bad. Like, like, you didn't have to have that a secret. You could have literally said, hey, this is what's happening. You're getting three people to go. And then I'm sure. If he got every, food in him, he would ev- be- I'm sure that everyone there would have agreed, send Matthew. Yeah. Like, everyone would have sent him, and he would have... Now, would he be able to do the individual challenge? Because, spoiler alert, we're getting merged next episode. Right. So, would he be able to do the individual challenges? Maybe not. Maybe not, but at that point, you can medevac. That point, you can medevac, or you can make the decision of, like... But also, at that point... Like what? Why isn't it then like okay? Then you have to focus more on your strategic gameplay, like right? Like that should be the story, I think, in in terms of everything. Like I'm sorry, there have been people who have won this competition who do not perform well in challenges. Sandra, Sandra Sandra sits out all the fucking time. She sat out almost all. Like, why does it matter? Yeah, yeah. The point is outlasting, outplaying. And out, what is the other one? Outwitting. Outwitting. You can do that with a bum shoulder. I feel like... And His life was not in danger. He was in pain, but he could put... He could get through that. Yeah. So I don't think it is fair to constantly... And I know constantly, but is like overestimating it. But to re-up the question, dangle the carrot of going home in front of him when he's in pain. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. I think also we're in an era of Survivor where the challenges become so much more of a focus. Like, there's so much of a focus at the end of, like, how many challenges did you win? I don't give a shit. Were you a challenge beast? I don't think it should matter either. And I think, like, we didn't, we've never watched, like, I think I watched it back in the day when it first aired, but you and I have never watched, like, the old, old seasons of Survivor back even before Immunity Idols and all that stuff. Right. And there was such more of an emphasis then on actual tribe life and like what you're contributing to survive. But and I like, mean, I think in that era that you you would allow Matthew to continue because then that would be more of the struggle. But I as even, opposed to whether he can fucking you know hang off of a giant like pole or whatever the fuck and like you know what I mean. Like, but the thing is, is that we even had focus on that before we got to Winners at War. Like Winners at War is really when that changed because after Winners at War is when we went into COVID era sure. Survivor. And that's when that changed. This short form Survivor, 28 days instead of 39, 18 players instead of 20, like that's when it changed to this focus on the challenges yeah. and not the There's just tribe not, life. There and really, not, there really is not enough focus on it. And I would say even before that, but like, yeah, like I really think there should be a more focus on like what you contribute to camp. They make it like such a throwaway question at final tribal now to where it, it, it takes like 30 seconds to answer and there's no dwelling on it. Like 
We also don't get any of the focus. Like, we don't get, like, really food reward challenges anymore. There's no focus on, like, having to the stuff between the challenges. Like, we don't get... You haven't lived until early seasons of Survivor when Elizabeth Hasselbeck is, you know, so excited because she won two fucking Reese's Peanut Butter Cups (laughs) in an auction. Like, those were the fucking days. Like, you see Survivor's scooping, like, peanut butter out of a jar and, like, just eating it in their hands. Licking chocolate cake off Cerise's fingers. People getting angry and, like, dumping the the community rice in the the fire. Go back to that shit. That was good shit. Like, that was reality television. It's like they wanted to get into, no, we're a competition show. No, fuck that. Yeah. Like, that's half of it. But the other half is the social experiment, and we're getting away from that so much. Yeah. It's very frustrating. I agree. Um, back at the Tika campus, Carolyn's away on her journey. Josh and Yamim are talking. Josh, in, in, in his mind, like he's like, I don't want to play two idols in a row. And so basically, I need to convince Yamim that we need to take Carolyn out. And at this point in, in things, Yamim Yamim goes, look, I'm throwing her under the bus. I'm throwing her under the submarine. He's doing like a beep backup noise. <laughs> It's great. Um, and basically their strategy is like, let's, you know, when Carolyn comes back from uh, their journey, like. Oh, did we even talk about the feast? No, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Oh, is that after this? That's after okay. this. Um, basically, it's like when Carolyn comes back, see what she tells each of us. And if she tells us a different story, then we know she's right. Um, uh, so, so then they do a walk on the beach and they arrive at what's called the sanctuary. Where it's basically like there's no twist, you just get food and right. you can talk. Um, and Carolyn's happy about this. Um, uh, Carolyn is basically, oh, Carolyn is willing to just like divulge anything Everything. at this point because she's just like, I got nothing to lose. Um, she tells them about Josh playing his idol. Um, and she's last... like, oh, yeah, the other two should have got one too, um, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they and they sort of you know are on that understanding, and so they're all like talking or whatever. And then Danny's like, "Yeah, I think this is, you know we definitely can take this to the end," as he's talking to Brandon, completely and ignoring Carolyn. Danny and Brandon are fully having this like we're going to be a fight, like not even just like, not even just like let's work together. Like it was almost in the sense of like we should be the final two. And they're saying it right in front of her. And Carolyn is not even like hiding her frustration. She's just like looking back and forth between the two of them with her jaw on the ground. Yeah. And like they're ignoring that she exists. Like at one point, and this is what I was talking about him being sus. Um, Danny says, I really want to inspect your tattoos. Oh, yeah, because he has, like, Achilles or whatever on to, him. To Brandon. And, Brandon, to be fair, Brandon does have some good tattoos on his right arm. Yeah. So does Carolyn. <laughs> has a full sleeve of colorful <laughs> tattoos. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit about her beautiful tattoos. I, I loved the t- Twitter. Survivor Twitter was great at this moment because it was just, like, this is every, I thought the the best tweet I saw was like this is literally the experience of every woman who has ever been in STEM like yeah. like like this like just no paying no attention oh and when Danny also makes the comment about like working with Brandon of like you know like people like us the people who are like comp beast and like the strength we rarely win what okay Harry Styles. Uh, <laughs> 
I think Car- I I think Carolyn literally at one point goes, "You guys like like you guys win all the time." Like like this idea that like like I would say it's pretty even between like I guess you want to say like strength and more like quote unquote nerdy people, but it's still even. Like there's yeah. a good chunk of survivor winners it's who are like meatheads. Like Carolyn was literally that meme. You know the meme of the the goat is like eating and chewing and then like stops and stares at the camera with his mouth open, just like mid chew. Literally like, what happened. Is like you see this shit? Is this <laughs> like she meme? literally stares at the camera like really? <laughs> Even Brandon at one point says like like to like you know oh you'd be someone to keep around because you haven't really proven yourself to do well in challenges <laughs> like right to her face and the Carolyn, audacity like, Carolyn is so good she's just like that's great like, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm glad no I'm really glad you're telling me that um, and at this and Carolyn and her professor was just like at this point I want Josh out. Because and because they also I think they do they actually mention that they want Josh involved as well or is she making that up I can't remember I don't remember I can't I can't I, I was too busy cackling but she's just like I want nothing to do with the, to this bro out session so like I need to work with Yam Yam and get Josh out because, I think it's just because Josh has like defined muscles yeah and is more like well and also Josh even even if he's not considered strength is more likely to be aligned with them in terms of like their vibe than Yam Yam, who is visibly gay and like, you know, plus size. Yeah. Like, um, so (laughs) Carolyn is in Carolyn's literally like whispering to Yam Yam and just being like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it gets back to camp. And Josh, like every time Josh turns his back to them, she's like, we're good. We're good. And then like like the what is that even yeah, symbol? Yeah. The the hand under the uh with the neck, like the cut it out sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I I think it's more like cut him and then we're good, cut him, we're good. And then every time she, he turns around, she's like, Hi, yeah. we're good. And Yammy yeah, just like she says we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so then Josh, so then it's all three of them. And then so Josh, this is where this was I died laughing. Josh tells Carolyn about his idol that's not a real idol that he made up, <laughs> but tells her that he has an idol. And Carolyn is like, Can I see it? Cause duh, you're gonna ask to actually see it. Like yeah. and then he pulls it out and then Yam Yams to me like, aren't those the beads from Tree Mail? <laughs> No, uh-uh. that's not what that is. No. And then Carolyn like and gets sees the note that he showed Yam Yam the day the night before, and it's like that's this is the literally same the note. same note he showed me last time. Like, and then the idol comes apart and all the beads fall, and, <laughs> and Yam Yam is in his like it's like side confession, just cracking the fuck up that the idol broke. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Josh is so bad at this. And it, it wasn't a bad attempt, but it was just like uh, no, nothing was, came together. It was bad that you took such recognizable beads yeah, and is. tried to make the like it was a comedy of errors. Like it was three errors together. Yeah, uh, Yam Yam is like again like dying over this, but also is still unsure if if he wants to get not get Carolyn out because he thinks Carolyn might have an advantage could he, she be lying about what happened on the journey whatever we get then this is where we get more of Josh's backstory where I was also like, okay, so Josh is going home um i and I was hoping like like 
Carolyn and Yam Yam are such like character goals for me to where I'm like, they need to work together and get Josh out because as much as I might like Josh, like I like they need to stay. Um, and like Josh talks about being born with, um, I think it's called from what I transcribed Gillian Barre syndrome. Uh, and it's basically something that affects his kidneys mm-hmm. and had to get a kidney transplant. They didn't think he would make it to age five, which like, you know, is amazing. Um, but that in, then he was also diagnosed with stomach cancer later in life and then had to have his full stomach removed. Basically, he said it's due to the uh, immunosuppressants that he yeah. takes as a donor recipient. So, like, you are a transplant recipient. Like, it's um, it's just, like, a compounding of issues. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I mean, like, really commendable stuff that he's still, you know, that he's you know, in the shape that he's in and, like, you know, is doing this. And now a doctor? And a doctor, yeah. Good a on surgeon. Um, Carolyn is basically, like, try, I mean, a physical therapist. Yeah, they're going to go to tribal soon, and Carolyn is, like, t- pleading with Yam Yam, like, I'm, and apologize to him, and it's like, I'm sorry for what, like, genuinely sorry, but we need to work together. I can't with the bro-out shtick. Like, I need, <laughs> and, like... I love how radically honest she is. That's that's my thing. Like, you don't have to, like, be overly strategic. Carolyn's strategic in the moments that count. Like, in the moments where it's about connection, she knows how to be genuine. Yeah. And to, like, that's, to me, the best way to play the game at the end of the day. Like... When you are so, I think people come onto the show now so focused on like being the strategical mastermind, like fucking Carson, like however many episodes ago, like yeah. selling that narrative. It's like, I think like part of being a good strategic person, having a good social game is what you do as a social person in everyday life. Yeah. Using that here. See, that's like, why I think Suri is so good. Yeah. Like, and it's moments like this where I'm like, maybe I could do good on Survivor, mm. you know, because I am, I like to think I'm not as kooky as she is. You might disagree, but um, I definitely feel like I'm radically honest like that. Yeah. And I think that that is so unconventional in the way to play the game that it would be refreshing and maybe I could do well, at least on the social game. I know I couldn't really keep up on the physical challenges. I have a shit ton of joint issues. Yeah. But, um, but, but going in with, I think going in with an open mind and not having this idea in your head of how you're going to play the game and like seeing the relation, seeing the other people, seeing who naturally you form bonds with and going from there. Like, That, I think, is... I mean, that's how I approach life. Yeah. I mean, that's how we should be approaching life, is making the connections that matter and the ones that don't. Like, I mean, fine. Yeah. Um. So, they're getting ready to go to tribal. They're all sitting around the campfire. I clearly, like, this is like the, like, okay, guys, we got to get set up with the cameras for you to carry the torches moment. Like, like yeah. we don't see it. And then Jeff comes in in the boat. And as soon as I see the boat, I'm like, fuck. I know what was happening. Yeah. Like, so he comes to the camp and basically tells them that Matthew has left the game. Yeah. Because of his injury. Um, and that there's going to be no tribal. Right. Um, and so, like Josh has this moment of like celebrating and immediately going, oh, but I do feel bad for him. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I shouldn't celebrate too much. Um, which, but like, I... Mm, I'm frustrated because 
we had an elimination the first episode, even though Bruce went home. Yeah, I so think maybe it's because they want to keep it, it the 14 episodes. It's because they were in the merge. It's because they were going to be going in the merge next episode, and they wanted to have 12 players going into the merge, not Thir- 11. Not 11, yeah. So if this had happened last episode, they probably wouldn't have skipped the elimination, and they would have gone into the merge an episode early. I guess that's maybe if the thing is, like, you can't have two medevax pre-merge. Maybe that's like the unwritten rule. No, I think it's more of a they they had a number of people set up for merge. So if this had happened last episode, they would have gone they would have gone ahead and done the elimination. That would have ended up with twelve people, right? And then they would have gone into ep- this episode would have been merge. I can't remember. Have there been medevac people who have been on the jury? I don't know. I can't no no one's coming to the top of my head, but I feel like that might be a thing. Oh yes, 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 yes. Um in um um Korong, the first the first guy who was a jury member, who remember who left with Aubrey's idol? It was oh a, right. Yeah, he was on the jury. So it's happened. I that's why I'm thinking it's like, you know, you can do a, you have a little more freedom when you get to the merge in terms of what you're able to How are you gonna steal somebody's idol when you get medevac? It was stupid at the time. I was like, give her the fucking idol back. I don't know what you're doing. Justice for Aubrey. Yeah. I love Aubrey. Aubrey's one of my favorite players. Yeah. We I think I feel like we both noted though at this moment where it's like because it's like, well, we also gotta feel like you know, when you also have a tr- don't have a tribal in an episode, tribal takes up like what maybe like six minutes of an episode, depending it, on the the depending on the tribal. Yeah, and it felt like Jeff was filling for time, <laughs> like in this conversation of being like, you know, you thought you were gonna do one thing, and now you're about to do another thing, and so now you have to think, now you have to put the idea of the other thing away, and now you have to say, what do I do now? And so rethink. It, it was like he was just repeat. It was like. It was like somebody trying to reach the word count on an essay. Yes. Like it was like, oh my God, you're saying the same thing over and over and over again. Stop. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was like, she, like they were filling for time. And, so, and then at the end, they all hug. And Josh goes, I think Carolyn says like, um, like Carolyn's like, like maybe like, set, like has a feeling like, oh God, I'm exhausted or whatever. And Josh goes, girl, why do you think it's such a bad thing? And Carolyn jokingly goes, because I was going to vote you out. Because I wanted to send you home. <laughs> and like clearly as a joke, but I love that that's Carolyn's humor. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. It's the radical honesty. I, I love it. It's refreshing. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Survivor uh, episode. Sad to see Matthew go. We, yeah. I feel like we were dreading it for weeks of just like, if he goes home and we yeah. lose that eye candy, like it's going to be so fucking sad. But also, here's an idea. Don't climb a giant fucking rock like that. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope we get to see him on an all-star season. I think, I think he will. I think he made a big enough impact on the fan base. I think people really liked him. So I think he would come back to an all-star season. Yeah, I agree. All righty. So what are we thinking about tops and bottoms this week? So for this episode, I am going for my bottom for this week, uh, this episode, I'm going to go with Danny and Brandon on Survivor for that moment at the sanctuary. Yeah. Like funny, funny, but also infuriating. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure even more infuriating if you're a female watcher of this show. Um, like it was just like, what are you guys doing? Like it was also just like, 
it was so mind-numbing the way in which they were like just like um like solidifying the idea that you would solidify a final two right in front of someone like yeah. else. it's like i know that like you're men and like you operate in this like fucking stupid way sometimes but like this is even too stupid for like basic common sense you know it kind of echoes that idea um i know that we've talked about it several times um and it's come up recently i don't remember where um oh i saw tiktok about it but Mm -hmm. the idea that um straight men have their romantic Mm. type um relationship Bond. bond with other men yeah and like all of those like closeness the way you confide in your partner all of those sorts of things they do with men mm-hmm. and not with their their girlfriends girlfriends or their... or their wives so that's maybe what i'm picking up from danny yeah is the readiness to um romantically pair with men as opposed to as opposed to and it's just mm, it like it's it's frustrating it's a um a known issue um i don't even necessarily think it's nece- uh, an issue but i think that it's it's something uh, to look out for it's something to look out for but it's also something that like maybe if men would like acknowledge that and realize that that's what was happening like we could maybe have more empathy and more care for the queer community. Yeah, totally. I can see that. Speaking of the queer community, my top for this week is Sasha Colby. Who, I mean, I mean, like I, I, we talked about it. I thought deserved to win completely. I think this was also the challenge for her in terms of she is such a like, you know, vocal part of the community and such a motherly figure, I would say to a lot of people in the community to where it, Lended really well to this challenge. Thought she should have won. Thought it was kind of crazy that she wasn't even in the realm of people talking about she should have won this challenge. Thought she did amazing. Really, yeah. Top credit to Sasha Colby. What about you for this episode? Um, for this episode, um, the bottom is going to be the idea of the family resemblance and the family <laughs> resemblance challenge because fuck that shit. We've already talked about it ad nauseum, but it's bullshit. We all know it's bullshit. Let's move away from it. Let's find a better way to test these same things for these queens. Yeah. I mean, there there's obvious better ways to do it. I've laid one out in this episode. Um, you know, there, there's better options out there. And this is just bad. It's just bad. It's bad television. It's bad. Drag queens don't work like this. Like it's unrealistic. I, I it, there's a laundry list of reasons why it's bad. Right. So um, get rid of it. Stop bringing it back. It's not a test of whether someone's a good drag queen or not. Um, my top for the week is going to go to Carolyn. Good go to. You know she's really killing it this season, and um, I'm really enjoying watching her just be everything that she is naturally out there. Um, you know, I know that we thought maybe at the beginning of this season that some of this was put on or maybe it was, you know, due to 
drug abuse in the past, maybe, but like, I think she's just a kooky, lovely person. And um, I just, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, I'm getting the same energy that I got from Marianne. Yeah. Um, on, I think it was 42, mm-hmm. right? Um, Survivor 42. And she ended up winning the season. And um, I think, I think Carolyn's my pick right now. Like, if I were to pick anyone on this cast that I would want to win, it's Carolyn. Yeah. Uh, I think far and above. I think um, there's a couple other people that could be in the, end up in the running. Um, I think Matt might end up there. Um, and I think we'll, we'll have to see because they haven't given any of the other ladies a whole lot of screen time right so i'd like to see more of how they navigate this merge um and we'll i think we'll see somebody else emerge from that but i don't think that they would be dumb to let franny and matt both last much longer one of them needs to go home and if they're smart they'll get rid of matt because he seems to have the more potential to get i also would wouldn't mind necessarily getting rid of matt so we can have a man go home, not meta fact. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be really nice to see. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.